What happened to the Rockets in Game 6? Is the three-point shot really as valuable as we think? Can the Warriors and Cavs be beaten in the conference finals? The only question left is, say it with me, you win. Hey sports fans, Coach Nick here and welcome to the B-Ball Breakdown podcast and live post-game show after this interesting game six between the Spurs and the Rockets. Uh, Dave, this is a bit of a post-mortem, I suppose, because somebody just died. Uh, yeah, I don't know what in the hell that was that we just watched, but man, the Rockets looked terrible and the Spurs looked like world beaters. Um, you know... I'm not going to say I told you so, but you I, I, I kind of have been yelling for Jonathan Simmons to get heavy minutes for about, what, three months at least? Yeah. And uh, what do you know? The guy can play some basketball. I'll, I'll leave the F-bomb out, but well, he can well, play some yeah. basketball. And, and we that? know this, though, right? We know, we've known this for a while, that he was sort of the poor man's Kawhi who has a lot of ability. And the only reason why we wouldn't give him more hype is that he's a little bit older when he kind of got in there. But certainly, uh, you know, it's, it's just, it is hard to believe that, uh, that uh, they could just plug him in. I mean, it's just kind of like the, the 49ers system. They just keep Joe Montana to Steve Young to whatever. And then they just keep doing well. Uh, look, I, I'm really frustrated right now because I've spent all year talking about how good Kawhi is and how it's not the system. Kawhi is a great player. And it's not the system. I mean, how many times? I mean, I have just said it over and over and over again. And then, damn it, we have a game like tonight, and Kawhi's not even in, and the system just takes control. LaMarcus Aldridge looks like a basketball player again. Um, You know, he was doing – I mean, he was the key to the game. I mean, Jonathan Simmons was great, and and Patty Mills was great, but LaMarcus Aldridge was was fantastic. Um, Yeah, God, Pop making me look like an idiot. This is the last time I get to question him, right? Like – I just need to let him play the long game here. I guess he – I wonder if he knew LaMarcus could do this and that's why he took Kawhi out. I mean, you know, we've talked a lot about how having Kawhi, Gasol, and Aldridge all out on the court, they all like to operate in kind of the same area. Mm-hmm. And no, Kawhi means that Aldridge got to cook a little bit more in his in his spots. And, you know, they were feeding them the ball early and getting him going. I mean, it made a huge difference. Yeah, but it's also that who is he going against? Like Ryan Anderson isn't going to do anything against him down there. And they don't have any philosophy or principles like double team and rotate out of that. So that was frustrating to watch. You know, I mean, listen, it was nice that he can just do a turnaround jumpers all day. But uh, there was no adjustments. Did you see any by D'Antoni? Where was that the rest of the series, though? You know, I mean, like, it's easy for us to say, well, you know, they didn't have anybody guarding him, but those same guys had been guarding him for the whole series and he hadn't shown up. So, you know, like, this was this was a big game for Aldridge, you know. Uh, a lot of people kind of started to turn the page on him a little bit and just say, well, maybe he's washed. Yeah. Uh, but he showed tonight that he still got, you know, some left in the tank. I still think the knee is bugging him. Uh, you can see it a little bit. Like he wasn't getting the lift that that he was maybe earlier in the season, but then he tried to you know do a putback dunk and uh, yeah and bring the house down. So you know it, I don't know. Aldridge had a great game. He looked really good tonight. Yeah, Harden and, looked like dog yeah, poop. He did and flaming, uh, and he kind of looked like dog poop in the last game too. And I you know I, I I part of me felt like I think the conventional wisdom would be. They're having him guard the big guys down there, and he's banging, banging, banging. That's going to wear him out. 
Um, and that's a, and that's why Pop continued to be big and try to keep in situations where they would he would be forced to guard the bigger guys like that uh, against that smaller lineups that the uh, Rockets wanted to run against. And yet you might have a different opinion. Well, all right. So, you know, he did take a big shot to the head in game five. And I'm wondering if, if he doesn't have a concussion. I, I, I really am kind of thinking that he was hurt. I mean, he, he, let's see. Let me pull up the stats. He was 2 of 11 for, uh, for the game. He didn't take the first shot until it was like 15 minutes into the game. You know, like that's just – if he's not shooting, then that completely changes their offense. And, and, you know, they don't have to guard him as hard, which means other guys aren't going to be as open. But to only take 11 shots in, in a game, you know, series-clinching game – and to go two of 11, two of nine from three, I mean, it's just, that's unharden like I mean, yeah. you know, for a lot of people are going to come out of the woodwork and say, well, this is what Harden does in big games. Man, I just don't, I, I don't necessarily believe in clutch or, or big game, you know, like shrinking under pressure and things like that. But at this point, you have to start thinking maybe this is a thing for Harden. It's either that or there's an injury. And I know, and I know that he's in the game and, and Houston isn't saying he's hurt. And so it's going to be similar to the Steph Curry stuff from last last year in the playoffs where, well, he's out there. He can't be hurt. But, you know, people play hurt all the time. And I, it's not me making excuses. I mean, the Spurs obviously won this game. I don't think Harden could have really – if Harden went off, I don't think they're winning this game. I mean, you know, the final score was 114-75. You right. know, the Spurs defense was, was outstanding tonight. But but maybe it's, it's closer. Maybe it's a little bit closer going into the fourth and you might have a game. Right. Uh, so well, I don't know. I don't know what happened. I, I, I expect more to come on this. I think we'll get more info in the next okay. few weeks. Well, before we get into the adjustments they made defensively that helped on Harden, remind me though what um, what shot to the head? Like what was the circumstance? Because I'm like I'm blanking right now in Game Five of when it happened. Do you? Remember? Yeah, it was kind of late in Game Five. I've been looking for tape and I haven't been able to find it. But if I do, I'll, I'll throw it up on Twitter and I'll I'll tag you in it so that we can okay. we can take a look at it. But. But a, a few people, Bill Simmons most notably, has pointed this out, that he kind of has looked glassy-eyed since then. I mean, you know, he looked shell-shocked tonight. And yeah. I don't know if that's just because he played like like shit or or because, you know, he might have a head injury or he doesn't feel 100%. But, the you know, I've never seen him just not shoot. I mean, it, it took him 15 minutes to get his first shot up. That's kind of crazy. Especially yeah. since their offense depends on him so much like it was just weird i i refuse to believe this was like a an attitude thing i, I think it's got to be physical uh that it definitely felt like that way because he didn't he just and I, I feel like he started out the same way in game five like a little bit disjointed and not focused not into it um and certainly not the same guy like there's no question and it, physically it looks like he was moving okay but uh, we've we've seen this before. We've seen guys who are suffering from you know things like concussions that really hinders their play. I mean, heck, you could argue that like Roy Hibbert never recovered from the concussion he probably got way back in like 2013, uh, and they played it. They let he got to play through it, and he's just never been the same. So uh, too bad it happens. Um, I also wonder though if it's another kind of a you know uh, is this like two point long twos a mid-range winning over the three-point layup style and philosophy? Uh, no. I don't think that this is some sort of indictment game or series over the, the Rockets' style of play. I, I think that, you know, the math, the math is in. We know the, the right way to play. I mean, you know, let, let me look at the stats here. Uh, so tonight, 
I mean, the Spurs took 22 threes, which is down from their season average a little bit. But they didn't shoot that many to begin with, and they were 5 of 22 from from uh, three-point range. Right. I think that what are, the bigger thing is that they won the rebounding battle 60 to 37. Yeah. That's okay. insane. So, you know, that that's really the story here it was, to me is the rebounds, which, I mean, you know, this comes back to them playing great defense. They were switching everything. They were a little bit more switchy tonight than they've been all series. You know, they, they were just instantly switching those screens instead of fighting through them. And maybe this is one of the things that they're going to go to in the next series against against Golden State. But they just didn't feel like they had a guy that could do what Kawhi does, where he gets around screens so so easily and so quickly. Yeah. You know, Jonathan Simmons, I thought, was fantastic when he was guarding Harden. You know, he, he does a lot of stuff with his hands up. So he can't foul, you know, yeah. palms up like, he, you know, it's really hard to draw fouls that way. And there was a graphic, I think Harden shot like 67 free throws or something in the OKC series. And he shot like 30 fewer free throws in this series. So yeah. obviously it was a point of emphasis for the Spurs to, to not put him on the line, not give him free points. And I think that that's a key for him to get going. I think that sometimes, you know, with all these tough shots he's taking, a lot of step back threes with a hand in the face, you know, he's trying to draw fouls. I think that sometimes it's hard for him to find his shot early if he's not going to the line. And and they really took him out of his game by keeping him off the line. Yeah. And what we did see is an adjustment. And uh, I'm, now I'm blanking who uh, the guy is. I saw it on Twitter. Uh, did a nice little edit for us. Not for us, but edit Ben Falk. Twitter. What's that? Ben Falk. Ben Falk did a great one where he was showing the adjustment they were doing in the pick and roll defense, which uh, they had been trying to hedge high. And when I did a video on how the Rockets just lit him up in game one, they were hedging high, and there was no way they could get to the pop like uh, when um, uh, Ariza or um, Anderson would pop after the screen. And then they adjusted that, and they played like ice kind of defense or like sinking the, the big man down and containing and then basically daring um, James Harden to shoot a long two if he wanted to and trying to keep him there until the guard got around. And that really just stymied the whole offense, which, by the way, this was not D'Antoni offense. Whatever they decided to run no. tonight, there was, I, I mean, there was no pistol action. There was no corner. There was no at movement. It was, it was horrible. It was it gross. Was weirdly, it was weirdly similar to the end of Game 5. The last three minutes or so of Game 5 and overtime was the same thing. It was that clogged toilet offense, you know. Uh, dribble the clock down. I mean, how many times tonight were they taking a shot with like four seconds left on the clock? You know, right. and that's that's very undantoni like. There were no early screens. It was it was weird. It was there was a lot of weird stuff happening. And, and you know, the Spurs were smart. They were actually daring. They were running guys off the line, the three point line, and they were daring them to to make that pass into Capella. And then they were just all crashing hard on Capella. It was it was beautiful adjustment by Pop. I mean, he really like. I, up until the middle of Game Five, I felt like D'Antoni was out coaching him in this series, just because Pop wasn't really matching the adjustments. They were getting better play, but but I felt like D'Antoni was, you know, he was getting a lot out of his guys. And then D'Antoni for the last, or Popovich for the last uh, game and a half, just really outclassed D'Antoni. And and you know, I mean, the players have to go out and play. So credit to the Spurs guys for going out and really, I mean, they really lit the, the Rockets up in this game. It was yeah. And speaking of lighting things up in the kitchen, it's a great time to tell you about all the great food that can be delivered right to your door from our friends over at Blue Apron. They're like the Boston Celtics of fresh ingredient and recipe delivery services, number one. Just like a good NBA team, you need chemistry. And that's what cooking is, both with the preparation of their fresh, high-quality ingredients and by bringing your family together to cook. 
I just prepared Parmesan crusted chicken and it had me using oh so tasty fromage blanc. That's right, I'm speaking French. And these meals cost less than 10 bucks per person delivered right to your door with the exact amount of food pre-measured for you and you'll never see a repeat recipe for a whole year. Head over to blueapron.com slash coach Nick and you'll get your first three meals absolutely free. Even the shipping is free. It's like Kyrie nailing a three to finish the comeback last year. Only you just need to type in blueapron.com slash coach Nick instead. Much less pressure here, sports fans. So check out our friends over at Blue Apron today and begin a life of culinary fulfillment. Wait, did I leave the oven on? While I'm sitting there watching this, I'm starting to have these visions of, you know what, like maybe this just like take a three for the sake of taking a three for volume is is not the way to go. Like maybe after this series, I started to think uh, that like, you know, you have to still have the principles of like a good shot because how many, what's what's the percentage of three point shots they take? Do you think that are, are not really good shots? What would you say? I don't know, but it's at least 10%. I mean, and that's a lot. You yeah, know, when you, if you're shooting least. 45 threes a game, it's at least 10% that are not good looks. Yeah. But it could be it could be a quarter of them. No, I, I, mean, like saying, I, about, I like, think it's closer to like 20 because, you know, the ones that are like just dribble into a three when the defense is set uh, or you're getting a pass from the top to the wing when there's no movement and rotation, no forcing of anything uh, to get open. And so it's like they're just – and those are the shots I'm sure they're encouraged to take. They're just like, I am just going to take the shot because we – this is our focus and it'll be the better shot we can get than anything else. And I think that, you know, what you see with um, the Spurs is they're much more judicious, judicious – judicious with their shots all right and, um, Daly. And, and and as a result they make a very high percentage of them normally i mean not tonight as much but right what do they shoot from three yeah, they were they led the yeah, league in three-point percentage this year right because so, they only shoot open looks and, and you know that's the thing that you and i've talked about if you get 50 open looks you should take 53s but but the rockets so often and mostly harden really he's he's the main guy who takes these really hard looks and that's uh, why his three-point percentage his three-point percentage was was a little muddled because, like, at 34%, about half of his attempts are these step backs, these, you know, coming hard off a screen and trying to draw a foul. And so they're not not great threes that he's taking. Uh, Yeah, but Ariza takes some bad threes. Uh, I I would even say Lou takes some bad threes. And he hits some sometimes, but, like, there's some culprits out there uh, that you're like, eh. Uh, you know, the guy that takes the, the probably the best threes, I'd imagine, would be Anderson. And even he was really kind of floppy all over the place with his landings on a lot of shots. And it was and it was weird to get some of those to go in. But, um, yeah, just sort of, I, I don't know. I'm he was not, 0 of 6 tonight. He actually yeah. did not get tickets to this game. He did not. Amazingly. Yeah. He did not. He must have gotten the uh, fake tickets because they were but sold this is what out I'm tonight. Saying. So they only got 77 shots up tonight. And, yeah, and you know, slow. the Spurs got up 96. You know, it's almost 20 shots difference. Like, how are you not going to win that way? Right. Turnovers and offensive rebounds. Is, is, that's, that's what dooms you. And guess what? That's an old school way of playing basketball, right? We're going to bound you in the boards, get second shots, and uh, we'll play some serious defense for his turnovers. I mean, that, that's, that's why I'm wondering, like, this whole new notion of pace and space and threes and whatever. It's like, you know what? Good old-fashioned, hard-nosed, man-to-man defense, taking good shots. That could very well be what beats you every single time. You know, here's a question I want to ask you, because I started to look into this in, in preparation for a video. Um, how many threes do you think that an NBA, and, and this is in the last, since 2012, 2013, when we really started to see a big uptick in three-point shots. How many threes do you need to make more than the other team 
to guarantee that you'll win? What number do you think that is? Well, all right. So we've talked about this a lot. And, and I feel like it's like five or six. But tonight, the Rockets had eight more threes made than the Spurs. And, and they got destroyed. So, right. So when you look at it, because I was looking at what's the 100% win rate, you know, based on like how many threes you need to make another team. And I would have thought it'd be like six or seven or eight, because, you know, that's 24 more points from behind the line or however you want to look at it. Is it maybe eight more points versus their twos? Whatever it is, it seems like you'd be safe. But you know what? It's not. It's 13. Woo. Now, it hardly ever happens. It's happened like maybe like 25 or 30 times in the last three or four years, whatever it is. So it doesn't even happen. And so, you know, if you make seven more than the other team, you're 500. 500. Wow. So it's not an elixir. And I started building well, in, looking at turnovers as well. Like, what if you get out, what if you turn over ball over more and get out rebounded, but make seven more? Again, it almost is the same thing where you have to make so many more threes for that to actually be uh, the elixir that will, that will win you these games. And, I, you know, I'm flabbergasted. Yeah, that's that's a crazy stat. Thirteen is not like that is definitely not the number I would have I, I would have thought would, would it would have taken to right. to win the game. I mean, I, I was thinking more like seven or eight. Right, and you know, you know how many games there are in, in that in that time span. I mean, you're talking about like what, like four seasons, and it's you know every team's playing eighty two games. To have that happen like 30 times, it's basically a unicorn that like never happens. You're never going to score 13 more threes. You're probably never going to score 10 more threes than the other team, especially as we're moving forward. So all of a sudden, I'm starting to wonder, like, you know, just what, what kind of effect are we seeing here from three-pointers and uh, whether we're doing this right? All right. Well, again, to avoid the hot take, you know, police coming after us, th this one game should not completely alter, you know, the landscape of the NBA. The Rockets, the Rockets played like like crap, and the Spurs played really, really well and won the game. Um, I, I don't think that – I think that this style of play that the Rockets play, I think you can win with it. Um, their, their issue tonight, they didn't make any shots. You know, they saw, shot 28% for the game, and their defense was atrocious. Like, yeah. That's a bad combination. you got to have one of those. you got to either be able to make shots or play good defense. Spurs did both tonight. Yeah. Right. So, you know, I, I just I, I think that I get where you're coming from, and and I understand like because Pop really did kind of zag when everyone else was zigging by by you know working the post and the mid range and all that stuff, um, and that's smart, right? Like he's looking for the market inefficiencies. Yeah. But at the same time, I think that the overwhelming evidence would suggest that you know shooting more threes, albeit they should be good looks equals, you know, that's a winning formula. Yeah, and I just got uh, a, a tweet shared to me from Rod over on Twitter at the screenshot of the advanced stats, and basically the points in the paint discrepancy was 62 to 18, uh, which is insane. Like, I mean, I don't think you're going to see that, that discrepancy anywhere else in a long time. So, Well, this um, is where they really missed Nene, you know, yeah. not just on the defensive end, but on the offensive end. Nene was owning that Aldridge matchup and, and had been fantastic in the playoffs as a whole. And with him going out, they just didn't have the option. Like Capella, Capella is nice in the pick and roll, but that's it. Like that is his game. Um, right. You know, and he and he was struggling a little bit there down too. He was having trouble finishing. Uh, you know, I don't know what was going on with that. Um, but yeah, it, it's a. Um, it was a it was a problem. It was a, it was an S H I T sandwich uh, all the way around, and um, 
I don't know, but you're right. I'm sorry, but Nene, you're right, was huge because you can argue that they would have won game five had he been able to play longer, right? He was doing so well. Yeah. Uh, that's what they needed. And by the way, if they win game five, which is which went on a trifle, one play here or there, and then the Rockets win game five, then we're not talking like we are right now, probably. Yeah, I mean, we would be talking about a game seven. We would be saying, man, the Rockets really – really shit the bed tonight and let's see what happens in the next game you know like right. Maybe, another guess, blowout right. yeah. so yeah again there's a lot of people a lot of uh, retroactive hot takes and people saying you know hey your mvp just went two of 11 or whatever or on the other side oh man the spurs won without your mvp what does that say about your team it's one game everybody relax you know the rockets still had a really good season Kawhi is still, to me, a top four player, you know, in the league. I, it, the order kind of varies depending on the week. And uh, it'll be fine. We finally get a Spurs-Warriors series, right? This is what yeah. we've been wanting. Yeah, we so, deserve it. Yeah, everyone be happy. Right. Because the Rockets, the Rockets' defense wouldn't be able to hang with the Warriors. So I'm really glad that the Spurs kind of pulled it out and, and won the series. Because they actually have a good defense, and and tonight was a to me was the blueprint. If you're gonna if you're gonna bother the Warriors, you're gonna have to be able to switch everything. You're gonna need Aldridge to do what he did tonight. You're gonna you know he has to take advantage of you know when he's got KD or he's got Draymond on him. And so you know I, I'm excited to see what we get starting Sunday. I mean I yeah. still think the Warriors are gonna sweep. And thank goodness it starts on Sunday. I was I was a little worried it was gonna be a Saturday game because. Well, you know, Billy Joel is in town, and I'm going to have to go see that. Um, so, uh, yeah. Uh, and, and so that's interesting that we can kind of transition this for a few minutes onto this uh, impending matchup. Um, so you have Danny Green, who is an elite defender, who will be able to get in there and mix it up with either Steph or, or, or Clay. Um, and you're going to have to deal with what's going to happen. How, what's the backcourt going to look like then uh, as far as how are they going to match up? I have no idea. I, I, like... I'm assuming this is assuming Kawhi's going to be healthy. I, I, I'm assuming he'll be fine. I mean, healthy, quote unquote. You know, yeah. recovering from an ankle sprain in in four days is not like a real thing. So, um, but Kawhi will be out there, and I'm assuming he'll start on Durant. That would be yeah. my assumption. And then you've got Patty Mills and and Danny Green on Clay and Steph. Yeah. Um, so yeah. like. The matchup is 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 going to be interesting, and then where they really have the advantage is with Powell and and Aldridge, you know, because Zaza is going to have to guard one of those guys, right? So they're gonna, you know, they're gonna have to go at Zaza early, I think. Yeah, and if they and tonight we saw a little bit of that that Spurs beautiful game, you know, the ball movement, Aldridge was getting involved, you know, giving a nice up fake and then wrap around pass to Kyle Anderson, and then Dejounte Murray, you know, my guy. Makes a hard cut to the basket. He misses the shot, but still, it, it was nice to see. It was, I, I, you know, got a little nostalgic there for a minute for for my favorite basketball team of all time, the 2014 Spurs. That's right. Yeah, and 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 because the, here comes all the hot takes, whether they're better or without Kawhi, which is nonsense. But um, there there is a little bit more of that beautiful game when he's not there. Uh, and I like the Patty Mills. Like so, Patty Mills is going to cause some problems because he'll be pesky. And he will force, you know, probably Steph to, to, well, I guess it depends on whether they can switch it up. But he's going to run whoever is guarding him ragged, be it, be it Clay or uh, Steph Curry. And then, you know, Danny Green is just one of those enigmas where, you know, I still can't figure him out. I don't think he's ever really kind of, has he found his three-point stroke? Like, 
over the last whatever. I, I think he shot well this year. Am I, am I crazy when I say that? He shot well, uh, right, ultimately. I think he, I mean, I think um, he was okay. I'm calling it uh, up I right could, now. Uh, I could but, pull it up, yep. Uh, for the season, he was 38%. Yeah. You know, so that's okay. So, but, like, you, you would expect him to get, you know, in the 41, 42. Sure. Because, remember, all, most of his shots are, like, are open, really open. Um, or transition, and, right? And he, he, hit a, he hits a lot of three or shoots a lot of threes in transition. Right. So, and those are typically wide open. Yeah, and so, you know, he just hasn't, you know, maybe he has a concussion from years ago that he never recovered from. I don't know. Uh, but something has been off with him. I mean, listen, I don't like his mechanics anyway, so I'm not surprised he might go through huge stretches where he just, like, uh, up and down, up and down. And- but it's the playoffs. It's the playoffs. And playoff Danny Green is right up there with Michael Jordan. <laughs> as scary players. Like, you don't want to see playoff Danny Green shooting threes. Especially, so I think I think his, his shooting problems are, are kind of confidence-based. Yeah. You know, uh, I think it's very much like when he gets going, he's sort of a front runner, so right. to speak. So when he gets going, uh, he really starts hitting threes. And just so everyone in the comments section knows, I mean, that's obviously a joke. I, I just think, you know, when <laughs> when playoff Danny Green gets going, he, he really does get going in general. Right. Like, so he's a streaky shooter, but it's very confidence based. I don't think it's much to do with his form because it doesn't vary that much. Like I've never seen when he's going through cold stretches, I can't point out anything that he's doing that that's wrong or that's bad. Maybe he, he rushes has, a little bit. No, like he doesn't straighten the arm, and it's the kind of well, thing but where. But that's even when he's making shots. That's what I'm saying. Like I can't. There's no. Oh, difference. I know. But but how do you? I mean, to me, when I watch it happen, like how do you? How are you mimic that every time? Like that exact same moment where you're not straightening your arm exactly the same way. Like that just seems. To me, very difficult to actually to manage, but but, but he's hey, had multiple like, seasons where he shot over forty percent. So like, I'll I'll look at those numbers and I'll, I'll be happy with them. Right, and my point would be like, yeah, and I, as we're pulling back into a macro sense of like three point shooting, we might now need to start looking at shot like at shooting over the course of five seasons, not just one, where right. you see these these things and the and the more. Um, you know, uh, or the less, uh, if the, the, the worse your form is, your mechanics, then, yeah, you can see, like, he might have a 60-game stretch where it's going nicely, but then he'll have a 40-game stretch instead of, like, five games and six games or whatever. I don't know. So I'm just thinking that, uh, and, and that, you know, I'm kind of just, you know, this is my mind's eye thinking about some stuff. But, like, I don't know. We might have to start looking at that. I mean, the whole three-point thing is going to have to be an interesting thing because if, how about this, if, I mean, I guess you can argue the Warriors already did it, right? They already sort of proved that the three and layup, you know, mode works. But um, I wonder what the kind of see. I, I want to see more. I want to see five, six, seven years of this to figure out if if this is the sustainable model. That's what you want to shoot for. I mean, listen, I love it. And again, if you can create fifty good threes and you shoot fifty good threes, um, but there's a certain variability there that we're noticing that when it goes cold and the whole team goes cold, it's a real problem. Well, I think, again, I think the Warriors-Spurs version of this, where you are generating open looks, I think that's that's the progression, right? The Rockets, like we talked about, they take a lot of tough shots, and, and I think that you're better off with yeah. with the good looks, right? right? Like Steph Curry is – Steph Curry is taking some shots that are ridiculous for anyone but Steph Curry, right? Right. And, and, but most guys can't get it. Like Harden is not that great of a bad shot maker, Remember how Kobe was really great at hitting tough shots. Yeah, and, and Harden, I don't think has that that thing. He, he, Whatever yeah, that he, is, kind of, he can kind of do. But when he's not, he's now taking the, the deep threes instead of the long twos that Kobe wears. But we have he a good was question. terrible. He was yeah. terrible last year 
yeah. end of shot clock situations. Like he was shooting like thirty two percent or something last season. Right. Um, and I haven't dug into the numbers for this year, but but re- like we just said, a lot of what they did the last game and a half was anti D'Antoni, and they were taking a lot of these possessions down toward the end of the shot clock. And, and you know, this is something to me that's a little bit more worth looking into to me. Like what what happened in Game Six and and you know later in Game Five that caused him to go away from what worked? You know, like it, was it is is Harden hurt? Was he hurt? Or was there maybe a locker room issue? Or was it Nene? You know, I mean, Nene yeah. was huge for them and he, and he was a key cog for them. They they only played seven guys in Game Five. I I, I don't yeah, know. And by happened. the way. Like we said, they they got Sam Decker in there for a few minutes. They didn't get. I don't think Montrez Harrell played in the in the first half, but they they got a little bit of time in there. But uh, Adam Burns asked a pretty good question on uh, Periscope, and we can turn to some questions now. Uh, so, what do the Rockets do now? And the question here is, well, what what is what is holding them back? Are they only have the third best record in the West and whatever? And you know, you could kind of want to say like maybe defense, but then you look at the roster. They, you know, it's Capella and Beverly and Ariza, guys who can play good defense. Uh, their defensive rating, I don't think, was great. But uh, you know, what do they do? Add another score? Like I don't know. What do you think they, they could use? Do? They could use a bench. You know, yeah. like they're they're not really that deep. Um, right. Like I'm looking, I'm looking at the roster right now. You know, obviously their starters: Ariza, Capella, Beverly. Uh, James Harden, and then they they had Gordon on here, but but let's say Ryan Anderson, and then with Eric Gordon and Decker coming off the bench, you know Harold is maybe you know you and I like Harold, but I don't think D'Antoni loves Harold. I think they need another two guys, you know, to to really round it out. Um, well, I guess Lou Williams, but he's he's an expiring contract, I believe, and so yeah, I think they just need a bench, like you know, a guy like KD would be great for them. He he'll be a free agent. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, well, you know, let's let's um, let's move on as we do. Are there any other questions we can grab from Periscope as we start to wrap this uh, this great show up? Uh, let's grab something from them. What do we have here? An athletic wing, I think, not a spot up shooter. Uh, yeah, everyone needs an athletic wing. So yeah, Jay, Jay Crowder, Crowder would be really nice in the rocks. Jay Crowder would be nice on every team. Yes, I would like to have any, uh, a guy like that. Does <laughs> uh, watching the team perform without him so well have any effect, positive or negative, on Kawhi? I, I, a, we're not going to see it on his face. <laughs> he won't yeah. show it. But uh, no, I, I think it means nothing. I, I, all I think it means is that God, I want to get. He wants to get back in that court faster than anything. Uh, you know, my one thing is I hope that I hope that Pop realizes that they're better off with a ball movement offense than some of the stagnant one-on-one stuff that they've been running. And, uh, you know, maybe with, with Kawhi kind of being out, they'll go back to something like that. You know, like, I'm assuming he's going to come back limited because an ankle injury, again, you don't recover in four days. So I, I wonder if we might see a little bit more ball movement, see him kind of playing more like he did during that championship run, you know, like get a few more spot ups in the corner and stuff like that. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm not I'm not counting on it, but I'd love to see it. Yeah, I mean, listen. Well, this will be great. It'll be a really great uh, test for him to see. You know, can he can he do it? Can he overcome uh, adversity and 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 grit it out? And uh, you know, but the the problem is, is it's who they're going up against. If this was the first round, maybe it wouldn't be so bad. But without the full possession of your powers, uh, and you're going up against the best team we've seen probably in a long, long time. Uh, it, it it's not a great recipe. So hopefully, like maybe he was ready to play tonight. 
they, they were up by a game. They're like, you know what? This is the long game here. Just take it out easy. We'll have a game seven at home if we need it. Um, and that, you know, that, that would be key. If he was good to play tonight and then he gets an extra few days, you know, Friday, Saturday, two more days, that might be enough. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's the hope, right? Like, we, we want everybody to be healthy. Like, again, my, my things about guessing with, with Harden being hurt is very much just how he played. I, I wanted him to be healthy, right? Like, that's always my hope going into these series is everybody's, everybody's at their full strength. But Harden didn't look right. And, and I just hope Kawhi is ready to go on Sunday completely. Like, I don't want the Steph Curry situation from last year. You know, there's going to be a lot of people if Kawhi's not ready to go or if he's if he's limited. Well, the War- Warriors got lucky. Yeah, well, right. The Warriors are probably going to win this series anyway. I mean, right. the, the Spurs, they're definitely – there's a path there to victory, but I just don't – Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. And, and Jake uh, Anderson's throwing up a, a real softball to you. Oh, I, I think he's it. watched our shows before because he's asking, what, what do you think about going straight to Mills, Green, Kawhi, Simmons, and Aldridge? That's where I would start. <laughs> I would start the it. game there. Yeah, you yeah. know, I would start the game there. And, and then that that really, like, changes the dynamic. But the, the, the problem there is Draymond Green. Like, I don't know that Jonathan Simmons can guard Draymond. I don't yeah. know. I mean, he did a great job tonight when he was on Harden. But I don't know that, that he could do it. I mean, Draymond is just a different beast. Right. But Draymond isn't the kind of guy who is going to, like, you know, if he posts you up, he's usually a passer. Right. Um, and, he, you know, he's going to kill you in transition off the rebounds. Maybe Simmons could do okay there. Maybe. He's got the speed for it. Yeah. So, you know, it, that could be interesting. I mean, look, I've been calling for that lineup all year long. And you know what? And then maybe th- give me a little bit of DeJounte Murray instead of uh, instead of Mills. And then you've got four guys that are all kind of the same size, yeah. super athletic and switchy. And, uh, and then I get to, like, I basically won't be able to podcast after that, though. That's the problem. <laughs> I'll be You'll spent. be soiled. Yeah, I'll be spent because that's like my dream come true. I mean, you know, just put put Deadman in there instead of Aldridge, and yeah, I'm yeah, done. absolutely. Well, uh, you know, I, I think we've kind of come to the end of a really great uh, spirited live post game show and podcast recording. Yeah, uh, should we should we talk real quick about the Celtics and Wizards? We just the game really tomorrow. quick. I mean, I tweeted out uh, during that last game. I'm like, I wonder what the Cavaliers must be thinking watching this game. And someone There's replied a- with that LeBron dancing in the weight room uh, image. And yeah, I mean, uh, right? It doesn't. Even though they both had moments where they played well. It just doesn't feel like any either of these teams are going to give them anything. Yeah, there's a great picture floating around uh, Twitter. It's like a drawing, you know, a cartoon of uh, LeBron and, and Steph rela- relaxing on the beach while all these other teams are beating each other up. And, and, and I think that that was kind of perfect. It really encapsulated what's happening right now. Uh, like, LeBron is really enjoying himself in this postseason. We talked about that a little bit the other day. I, I'm loving this. I'm loving the relaxed LeBron. I, like... I like when I see these guys happy and LeBron looks happy. He looks like he's having fun. There's no weight on his shoulders. And, um, yeah, like, look, we're going to get two sweeps through to the finals, right? Like, they're going to sweep all the way through. That's my expectation. And then I think the Warriors sweep the Cavs. But this is unprecedented to have two teams come in undefeated in the playoffs, if it happens. Right. right. Like, yeah. The way they're coasting, yeah. it looks like it. Right. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't. I don't. It's, it's going to be tough. It's hard for me to picture the Spurs getting swept ever. So 
that's an interesting question. But um, but yeah, I mean, I, there's no question that we are moving toward a clash, a rematch, a rubber match, whatever you want to call it. And I'm looking so forward to that. I mean, that's what we've been waiting for. Um, and let's just hope that everyone comes in there that they're healthy, right? Right. Um, and that we so, can go, we can, they can get it on, uh, and we'll see what happens. Even though I know you think it's not going to last long anyway, if the Cavs and the Warriors meet, you know, yeah. you can never play it against LeBron completely. It's true. It's true. Like we may get that like LeBron game where he goes for like 40 and you know, right. a triple double and, right. and that, that might happen. But I just think the Warriors are just such a juggernaut. So, all right. So back to the Celtics wizards, who you got tomorrow? Ah, okay. You think the Celtics close it out? Uh, it's well, it's in Washington, although it didn't seem to matter for the uh, Spurs tonight. Um, boy, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it it kind of feels like the wizard, this wizard seems a bit of a front runner, right? And now that things are kind of bad and they're going to start yelling at each other and this and that, whatever. So I don't know. Yeah. I might feel it that way. It might feel to me that like that that they're going to lay down uh, if the, if the Celtics come out uh, strong and tough, if Isaiah can kind of get his mind back uh, into the swing of things now, which could very well happen, then they're going to be in trouble. So yeah, I don't know. I might kind of go against the grain and pick the, uh, pick the road team. What do you think? Um, Yeah. See, I'm going to say that the, that the wizards win game six and I think there's a good chance they win game seven. Wow. Okay. Well, I just think, I think that look, we've seen, we've seen five games. And the Wizards should have won four of them. <laughs> the only game that they they definitely should have lost was Game Five, and they got destroyed. Right. And I think that the Wizards are the better team, and I think that they can pull out the next the next two games. Yeah, no, I I actually I, I hear you and I see you, but I just can't get behind it. There's you know the, the Wizards haven't given me enough to really feel great about that, and that's the problem. But you're right; they they certainly they had Game One. They had like game two. They, they had the blowouts game three, four. So you're right. I mean, there's it definitely feels like they are better. Um, maybe the Celtics are a better team and play like a team better. Uh, you're gonna have to deal with Stevens versus Brooks, which you know you probably go with Stevens if you have to really choose that, right? Um, so yeah, it's an interesting conundrum. All I know is that we all win, right, by watching these games. Yeah, it's gonna. It's. I mean, it's gonna be fun. Like, I mean, even these blowouts, I still enjoy them until they're you know basically in garbage time, right? Like. You, like watching the Celtics last night, they were playing a really beautiful brand of basketball, and it, it was so much more enjoyable than what they had been doing, which was just, "Hey, Isaiah, go get us a bucket." Right. So, you know, if they stick with that, I think the Wizards are going to have trouble. But, but you know, so far in this series, you know, it looks like the home team is is pulling it out. So yeah, and they're going to need uh, John Wall to just detonate. They're going to need Beal to detonate, uh, and then you know, get some anything from their bench. Uh, you know, some tall orders, but you never know how that's going to play out. So. Well, Dave, uh, another great show in the can. Uh, I can't wait to get this up, and we can release it early tomorrow morning for all of your commutes on the Friday morning as we head into the weekend. Um, don't forget to check out my Manu Ginobili breakdown of the Game 5, which uh, was, really, it was really fun to be able to take his heroics in Game 5 and then mesh in you know, his pasts and his other stuff and, uh, and make, people, make some people cry, I guess. I don't want hey, it was fantastic, man. Like, you know, we, we love Manu Ginobili in this house, and uh, we, watched it, we watched it on the big screen last night. Like, it, was, it was beautiful. I love that video. Awesome. Well, everyone else check it out. And uh, don't forget, sports fans, at B-Ball Breakdown, not a channel, we're a conversation. You win. Are you in, Dave? Yes, I am.